Hey there, I'm Justin Barber, a 22-year-old designer at Google, and this is Shape.Cool, my podcast. In this episode, I talk with Dan Park, a Korean-American motion designer here at Google, about the challenges of culture and identity, the role of motion design in UI UX, and lastly, the role of taste in design. Let's see what happens. Make some magic. Make some magic come out. <laughs> Let's enunciate our words. <laughs> so um, do you have like questions that you like to... Let's kind of bring your own questions. Kind of like, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the deal here. I didn't sort of explain that earlier. <laughs> you came to America when you were six. Yeah, yeah. What, like, do you remember the first time? Like, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. It's like, first of all, it's like, before you even have impressions about what it's like when you get here, yeah. you kind of have like, uh, you kind of have expectations about what it's going to be like. Okay. And did you know you're moving to America? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I was still too young to really, I think, process what that meant, how long that would be. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and I just remember thinking that like two things about America. Okay. Okay. Number one is that, everyone is super friendly and that they will like say hi to you on the street. I remember like having that bit of information in my head. Okay. And then number two is that they were just going to like animals everywhere. Just like wilderness. Cause I came from Seoul, which was like, you know, straight up city. Yeah. And so I expected to go there and just see like, you know, like deer and just like, right. I don't know what else, like mountain lions or whatever. Yeah. Um, and both were kind of true, but to like a very, like <laughs> yeah. Everyone that I knew was in Korea, you know, besides my mom and dad. Yeah. And so when we came here, we kind of stayed with friends and family. Um, but we also didn't know anyone else. The The major difference that I noticed, like, as far as transition is, like, had a, has a lot to do with language, I think. Okay. Like, I remember thinking when I was a kid, you know, kids learn languages faster than right. their adults, whatever. I remember thinking at a certain point pretty early on, like, maybe third, fourth grade that I could speak better English than my parents. Uh, okay. And then, like, thinking that if, like, some government, like, official came and, like, had to talk to our family, like, I would have to talk. Wow. Um, or just, but also just understanding that my parents weren't, like, the masters of the universe. That realization kind of came maybe sooner for you than... Yeah, or it was, like, forced yeah. early. Maybe not early. I don't know. But um, yeah. but I just remember having that insight early. Wow. When was the next time that you went back to Korea after that? After six, I went back when I was in sixth grade for about three months. And then uh, my family thought we were going to move back to Korea. And um, it was it was crazy. Uh, they enrolled me in like this, like uh, in this really strict Catholic school there, which is obviously like a 180 degree in Korea. Yeah. Okay. Turn from America. Yeah. We're like in America, it's like, oh, it's a recess. Like everyone's like running and there's like squirrels and birds Animals, outside. People saying hi. Yeah. In Korea, it was like just super, super dark. It was like all the kids lined up outside, like singing the national anthem or mm -hmm. something. I don't remember. I just have very weird memories of this time. And, um, and then they all come in. There's no recess. That was, that's the recess. And I was like, that's insane. Yeah. And I, I think I was like, experiencing like uh like adolescent depression about it um and then my parents i think ultimately in part because i felt i was so troubled by this like yeah. change that we had to move back to america mm. um and 
Yeah, and then after that, the next time I went was last year. So it was like a 17-year yeah. gap. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. So 17 years between trips to Korea from last year and then you were just there a couple of weeks ago. Do you feel like your mind was kind of refreshed in, in any way from, from this past trip? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, definitely last year, the first time I went, it definitely felt like that. Like, wow, like I went and I felt like I was a totally different person when I came back. Mm-hmm. I just had this like new energy and I just felt really different. Um, and this time I kind of felt nervous going because I almost had this like more expectation of like, I'm going to go and have this like crazy experience, you know, yeah. but and then it was one of those things where I was nervous about having that expectation and then being disappointed when I went. Right. But then I went with that and still had, like, an amazing experience. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I, I, I attribute that to just, like, uh, to just being around family yeah. and seeing family that you don't see normally. And then, but they still treat you like, you know, family, like, they, like you've seen them, like, last week, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think part of that experience is, is that, uh, is being around family that I don't get to see normally and spending time with them um, just kind of like puts everything in a different perspective a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, especially when it comes to like your place and how you relate to other people and also like maybe even about like wanting to start your own family or like where you're, where you'll be when you're your uncle's age, you know, yeah. or like just thinking of like putting yourself in their shoes and, you know, cause it's very hard not to, relate to their problems and like where they are because they're family you know yeah um and so that kind of stuff definitely and then also as far as just like going there and seeing um just how different everything is and and it makes all the differences like also part of it has to be that you know i'm on vacation sort of sure yeah so you know it's how like people love new york when they go visit but then they hate living there or whatever and i could totally see that happening if i ever moved to korea but at the same time you know you go there and you see a lot of differences cultural differences that you know i wish i had back here yeah but also i mean do you feel like being from japan like do you do you feel like you have this like extra level of uh attachment or like relatability to Japanese cultural like aesthetics or even just like you know social norms yeah I think you know it's we're kind of in similar but opposite situations in that yeah Korean and went back to Korea but you didn't grow up there mm-hmm. whereas like I'm American and, and I grew up in Japan and coming to America yeah. it's like you know we kind of like swap places in right. a way. the interesting thing about you know Japanese culture is that unless your blood is Japanese then yeah. you're not Japanese so I never had of course you know when I was younger I wanted to be Japanese mm-hmm. I, I told you like, I wanted to dye my hair black all that stuff right <laughs> um, but there was never a question in anybody's mind whether or not I was Japanese yeah yeah and I think that that makes the transition a little bit easier and that like right like i resonate so deeply with a lot of japanese values and customs and mm-hmm. ideas and philosophies and mm-hmm. all that stuff but i'm still borrowing it if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah um which is a little bit different uh huh. but at like at the end of the day like a, a lot of my like my views and the way i approach things is like completely eastern like japanese uh, lens all the way uh-huh. you know i think like in its most simple sense you know like west is all about self and like uh-huh. east is all about group basically yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think that, that impacts a lot of the ways that i see huh. things so um of course i'm i'm not japanese but i'm definitely yeah. not 
American either. Right. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah. But I mean, th- that's what's, in- I feel like that's what's so interesting about America though, is like, it's supposed to be a place where like, it's just like everyone, it's just a big mixing pot. So even if you are Korean, like you can still be considered American. Even if yeah. you grew up in Japan, you can still be considered American. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, in Korea, someone was saying, if I went back there, they would probably, you know, discriminate against me because I didn't go to the army there, which is right. mandatory. Like I didn't grow up there. Right. Um, so even though I'm blood Korean, yeah. like, I still wouldn't be accepted hundred percent. Yeah. Um, whereas here it's like kind of a distant acceptance because not everyone is like that unified. Sure. But at the same time, it is like much more welcoming initially. I yeah. But I don't, I don't, I think there's like, there's like some level of, uh, like beauty or like some sort of like profoundness, like to, you know, having that sort of collection of people. Cause it yeah, just, yeah. you know, yeah. It makes everyone like, at least you can step through the door. Yeah. Yeah. I think just as part of getting older and, and also like my recent trips to Korea and like seeing my extended family has kind of like put more like a longer timeline perspective in my brain that I didn't really have as much before. Mm. Um, and that's sort of like, been growing in the back of my mind I think Um, and I think that obviously reflects back on like me wondering like should I stay here like how long should I stay here you know because time ultimately is like the most valuable thing you have like a company can do so much to you know make you want to stay and incentivize you to stay but at the end of the day like time out of your life is like that's everything you know that's literally everything Um, that's your whole life so I think it might, yeah, it might seem comfortable, but then in a certain light, it's like, I need to leave like right now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Or like, I need to like live my life and like do this. I need to like do all this crazy stuff. But then, you know, yeah, it's, it's a tricky conundrum. Yeah. Well, you're here now, but your path to getting here wasn't, uh, as direct as maybe other people's. Do you feel that's right? Yeah, no, it definitely was not. I feel like it was very random. And it was interesting to hear you and, like, Ian talk about how it was very intentional. Uh-huh. And, like, that just seems, like, so gratifying to me. <laughs> like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Like, you just, like, wanted this thing and then it happened. But for me, it was, like, kind of bouncing around different things and honestly probably, like, slacking off and not maybe focusing as intently as I could have. But I think in the end, I just always just knew that I wanted to do something creative. And that led to music, led yeah. to, like, having a group of friends that was also interested in, like, a little, like, music projects when we were in high school and just got super into basically, like, a subculture of, like, <laughs> this is funny, of just, like, DJing and, like, scratching and stuff, okay. which was, like, at the time a very popular thing on the West Coast, but uh, wasn't really that popping off in the East Coast. Um, so it was, like, we were sort of, like, this weird anomaly, I feel like. Okay. And then eventually went to school for audio and did a lot of like audio recording slash editing kind of stuff. Okay. And so after after school, we did, there was a program to let you take a semester in LA. So I did that, really liked it, um, and then moved out with my friends after school. Mm. So you moved to LA and what were you doing there? In LA, I was kind of like doing freelance work around music business. When I was learning like the more production side of it and stuff, I felt like if I was going to do this for a job, I was going to end up hating it. I always wanted to like like making music or like yeah. recording. And I just always liked the behind the scenes sort of like 
production that makes everything possible. And so I ended up going more into music business, but then ended up hating it. I mean, looking back, it seems so obvious to me now. I needed some sort of creative outlet. I was just like painting and drawing on the side. And my friend who she had gone to art school and had taken a class at Art Center recommended this one teacher. I went to the class was taking it and everyone else in the class was like building up their portfolio and in my head I'm thinking like oh like I could do that like I'm better than them <laughs> and then so I was like I'm gonna apply too and then so I just did and then Art Center tricks you by giving, <laughs> by giving you scholarship even just to like everyone just like just just doling them out it doesn't matter and then so I was like oh I must be special like <laughs> I'm gonna accept this scholarship and then um that's kind of how I ended up going yeah, so you originally went for illustration, fine art, all that stuff, but then you transitioned into like motion and design, and how did that happen? Because you weren't expecting that, right? Like if I had followed my initial intent, I would have, I would be trying to like put my work in galleries right now, but I'm not. Right. And I think that's because I, I became more focused on like artists who are good at their craft. Like someone who maybe learns how to work with metal and then they're like a fine artist because they make like metal sculptures. And I just became really into this idea of like artists who are good at their craft or like work that comes out of their craft. That's what made me think like, what is the new craft? Like what can I learn that's like a skill that I can use in like multiple areas that will also maybe be interpreted or that I can interpret into art. And so it became like, you know, learning digital skills, basically, mm. and learning, you know, Illustrator and all that stuff. And then eventually After Effects, I realized, like, if I get really good at this, I could do I could use it as in a job. You know, that's like the craft side of it. But then there's no reason why I can't also make art out of this. Mm. And so that was like my initial thinking. To be honest, I remember specifically having this moment where I was like, people are going to look at stuff on the web and it's like, do I want to look at like a static image or do I want to look at something that's moving? Yeah. And it's like, on a fundamental level, I was like, I would probably rather look at the thing that's moving like seven times out of 10. Right. So I just thought it would be a good skill to have. I thought that um, it would just be more fun and that there was like, it was newer. Mm-hmm. So I could maybe like be more experimental about it. And yeah. How long were you at Art Center for? Uh, I was there for three years. At the very end, that's when Google happened. Yeah, so that was crazy because Art Center is amazing in that they set up the transition into working somewhere, like placement, I guess uh-huh. you call it, like amazingly well. Yeah. Um, they just do like a really great job of that. It's so overly expensive, but it's almost worth it just because of how well they handle that last step. Mm. They set it up so that... They give you a list of companies that are going to come, and you can pick which ones you want to interview with. I didn't pick Google, even though that was one on the list. Okay. I wasn't 100% on the idea that I would be going into UX UI. I, I kind of think I was kind of hesitating and didn't want to take that full-on step, like commitment, like to be really specific. Right, yeah. I kind of wanted to work at maybe like an agency or something where maybe things were a little, were a little bit more, yeah, more broad. But then... They also give the companies a chance to just sort of walk around and look at everyone's work. And um, that's when Google came and looked at my stuff and they just started talking and I got their contact information there. Yeah. Motion for like UI stuff mm-hmm. is very different than, I guess, broadcasting is kind of like the yeah. default for motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that you've been in it for a couple of years without having been in it previously, 
like what are some of those challenges that have come up i think it's interesting like uh, i think you can see this pattern happen in in other fields too but it becomes less and less about how technically savvy you are even in, even though in the beginning it may seem like that and in the broadcast field it's definitely really important to be very technically uh, savvy especially if you're like a straight up motion designer meaning that you animate that you don't yeah. just design the style frames because then you really need to be able to like do the animation exactly the way that they want it like on time you know but then in U- UI it's it becomes less about the kind of the technical problems and more about being able to solve like design problems I think and having uh, sort of the ability to parse like what other collaborators want and what kind of design challenges that they want you to solve with the motion. I feel like it ends up being more about the problem-solving part of it. Okay. Yeah. In the broadcast world, it is much more... Yeah, I guess it's more like hammer and nail sort of situation. Like, okay. the, the motion is used, like, very specifically for this okay. one purpose, I think. Yeah. And in UX, UI, it, there's sort of a broader range of um, things that you're dealing with. Yeah. And so it ends up just becoming about solving design problems. Like, how do you think that that's impacted you as a designer and, and the ways that you've grown? Man, that's that's interesting. I'm always having this struggle, like, thinking about, how, like, how long I'm going to be here, yeah. to be honest. I worry sometimes that I'm losing too many skills, mm-hmm. um, especially technical ones. Like, there's, like, this whole 3D world and, like, using Cinema 4D and all this stuff that I haven't touched since I've been here. Right. And it was, like, 50% of my time was spent in that program before. And now I feel like I would open that program and I wouldn't know what to do, which sucks, which is horrible. Um, yeah. And so there's like things like that that have changed that I regret. But obviously, on the flip side of that, I've learned like so much about UX um, from everyone that I work with. That's just been like amazing and totally invaluable. And um, and also, I really like working in UX now. You know, after seeing what it is right. and like seeing that it's not. Um, maybe as like confined as I thought it was initially. Okay. Like it does seem like, you know, just like almost every other creative field, it is like foundationally based in just critical thinking right. and collaboration and process. And like all those things are still, you know, exist in working in UX. So I think in that way, it's made me just see how, um, how much I like working in UX, I guess. Yeah. And that in the future, like I would be, I guess just more of a well-rounded designer. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like a similar fear that I have of like, oh, like, well, I'm getting like really good at, at like you said, like the thinking side mm-hmm. and like being able to do this like one thing. Mm-hmm. But then I like start thinking about everything else out there in design and like yeah, things yeah. I'm interested or like want to yeah, be good yeah, yeah. at when I leave. I'm like, oh man, like I don't kind of, again, it goes back to like how long do you spend in one thing? Because right. I don't want to like do this forever. Or, like I yeah. don't want to like watch my skills like atrophy and everything else and this is yeah. the only thing I can do anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't know. Yeah. That that's totally scary to me. Um and just everything that comes with that like like I'm 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 scared that I'm just going to be too content and like just you know, I can just like exist in this world for a long time. Yeah. And then I'm going to like poke my head up out of the water and realize that like everything has changed, like I don't understand anything. You know, yeah. and that I've only have the ability to like do this one dance and I will never be able to like walk normally. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or just do anything else. Like, but I think the answer to that is like, it's maybe not the answer that I want, but at the same time, it seems true is that like, that just means I have to find other ways of keeping myself, you know, interested or 
basically I have to like start like personal projects and stuff outside yeah. of work yeah to see like where my interests are you know take like take a, a survey of like what I like now like what I want to pursue and then I think that'll if I end up being like one of those things is 3d then I should you know hone that skill up you know or um, or whatever it is I think it just like means that I have to do the personal I have to do the work myself to yeah. see what I'm interested in yeah you're doing that a little bit now but kind of different but you're doing pottery yeah i'm just curious like has like have you had any epiphanies while you're like sitting there at the pottery wheel of like well anything <laughs> like whether that's in like design or like your life or yeah 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 the one thing about pottery that's really amazing is it takes a lot of patience and if you are like thinking about this thing at work that's stressing you out like yeah. you will mess up and you'll have to start all over and that is frustrating okay and so it forces you to just be present like super super present or else you won't get the thing that you want you know which is different than working digital because when you're working digital it's always just like you can always undo yeah so i'm super into podcasts yeah how does it feel to be on one? Oh my god it's <laughs> mind-blowing it's mind-blowing that's what it's like um Mom, I'm on iTunes. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Uh, but there's this great podcast that Ira Glass, who started This American Life, mm-hmm. um, he where he talks about process and stuff. Okay. And he has this thing about, uh, nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. For the first couple of years you make stuff, it's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer, and your taste is why your work disappoints you. It goes on. I mean, but it's just, yeah. It's so good. So good. And, you know, the funniest thing, the first time I heard that, uh-huh. I, I was thinking, like, oh, like, like my taste is at the level of my execution, right? <laughs> and then, like, a few months later, I was like, oh, no, like, it's nowhere close. And I think that, like, even now, you know, I look at my work, and I'm like, I'm at least, like, two, at least two years from where I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I could just sense that, and I think that especially working with more experienced designers, mm-hmm. you start to realize that more. Yeah, more. yeah. Yeah. Like, in the beginning, it's just important to do the work and just to, like, create, like, on a consistent basis and, like, make that a practice and that's something that you do as part of your life because you're not, you're never going to, like, just be like, I'm going to be an artist and then just be struck by this, like, moment of inspiration and create the best whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just about, like, the regularity or the consistency of doing the thing that you're going to do yeah and having the great work like come out of that i just really love that he can relate so heavily to like the fact that creative people really do believe that their taste is like exceptional right i think that's so true and like i think that's so true like meeting myself like right (laughs) right 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 right, right, right. but um i mean i relate to that and i don't i don't necessarily think that that's something designers especially should shy away from it's like like you should have good taste. Like you should be attentive to design and little things, you know. Yeah. Um, and have opinions on things that you like and you don't like, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just love that he can really relate to that and use that as like the basis of being understanding where like younger people are coming up and why they want, would get into something, you know. Yeah. I think it's really smart. I think a lot can get lost in transition between like, oh, I really like this, but you're mm-hmm. not good at it yet. Yeah. And that's a tough bridge to gap even like that's something i experienced here like especially working in ui Mm -hmm. which was new to me 
and I was like, I'd see some UI, UI screen that someone else made. Like, yeah. oh, like I want to make that, or like I could tell like what I was uh-huh. making just like wasn't good. It's uh-huh. like so frustrating <laughs> when you're like looking at yeah, it, and, like yeah. that's not it. And I think part of being a professional and like working at a company and having to collaborate with other people is there are going to be sort of like steps and ladders and restrictions that point you that force you down a certain path and because you have this kind of idealistic view or whatever the case is like yeah. you might feel like you know oh like I wish I could have done it this other way or like you could see maybe like yeah I wish it wasn't you know I wish it like looked like this but because of the circumstances it ends up being a certain way yeah um, and I don't know yeah I, I don't know what that means like does that mean that you're that you shouldn't follow your taste or that I'm not, I'm not sure I mean, well, I mean like, you know you're, you're saying like you know we should think that we have the best taste but like the fact of the matter is like some people have better taste than others right yeah and I think true. that like when it comes down to it right and I think uh-huh. it's like it's kind of interesting when you see someone else that has really great taste but not in a way that you would ever have it yeah like that's really cool yeah yeah but totally. I think that the, the difficult thing is that taste is something that can't necessarily be completely taught and so like how do you trust something that can't be like pinpointed down right mm-hmm. and how do you trust someone yeah. who you just have to like trust that like if you can't see the difference of, like this looks better than this yeah. you know you have to trust someone that mm-hmm. is and I think that I don't know like you ha- I feel like you have to keep evolving both like your taste and your yeah. design skills yeah. yeah I mean it's kind of what we were saying earlier it's like we could be here and develop our UX skills as far as possible but because we only do this for 20 years we might you know, lose all our taste in terms of like editorial layout or right, posters. And, yeah. I mean, we obviously definitely will if this is all we do for 20 years. But, right. Um, and if you don't have those skills or interests to hone outside of work, you will lose those skills. You will lose those interests, I think. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I agree. Like, taste is also something that should be developed or thought about like, yeah, consciously. Yeah. I had this, I had this painter, painting teacher once uh-huh. whose taste I did not like. Okay. Okay. And he told me, but he was a really good painter, you know? Like, obviously, he was painting, teaching the class. But, like, right. And he was telling me, like, taste doesn't matter at all. And I was, like, thinking about that. I was, like, trying to wrap my head around it. Like, I, I understand, like, that's, like, such a paradigm shift for me to think of it in that way. Because, like, our glass said, it's, like, in the beginning, the reason I want to paint and stuff is because I feel like I can do make something that I like. Um, but and he's telling me like taste doesn't matter at all like just yeah. zero and in some ways i can understand what he's trying to say yeah but i could never fully like live by that yeah yeah do you feel like you have this like one core like kind of like taste voice in your brain or do you feel like it's like multiple personalities how so like if someone had to show you something visual and then like play you a song and then also maybe a, like a paragraph from an essay okay. and you had to pick the best one, like you would pick the best taste out of each one, like yeah, out of yeah. each category, yeah, even though yeah. you're like mainly a visual designer. You know? Right. Um, like I believe that I would. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I would like to think given, that's a really interesting, given a paragraph of text, like a, a music snippet and like a piece of design. Mm-hmm. And I, or a collection of those in each of those categories. Yeah. I would love to think that I'd be able to pick out the best in each. Out of each. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But yeah, but then does that correlate to like, how do we, how do we define that? Like it, like most other people would enjoy it or like the success. I know. That's where, that's what's really tricky. 
and and that's I going back to like taste and and here you know we work a lot off of data right and especially like user research right which works for this context where like the product you know is used by a bunch of people at the same time it's like taste is kind of defined of those things like some like one person could have some you know unforeseeable decision on something that's extremely like just elegant and, and just the best taste but not everyone can see that so everyone's going to vote for like option b when they should have picked option a yeah henry ford i think was like if you ask people what they wanted they would just would have said a faster horse <laughs> yeah. you know it's not just a yeah. taste like that's we have like a flying too. horse by now <laughs> <laughs> man what were we doing <laughs> we should just put the wings on the horse instead we're spending time making trains pollution <laughs> i think another thing about taste the first thing you just have this inclination to create something right yeah. like you were creative growing up like you just want to create something you found that in music right yeah. so step one is like create something yeah the next one visual speaking in visual terms is like to make something that looks good right mm-hmm. i think that's the struggle for a lot of part of school is you're just trying to learn how to make things look good right mm-hmm. and then the next level up is like okay how do you make things work mm-hmm. right and then after how you make things work how do you make things beautiful and work yeah, and it just wow. gets like more and more and more difficult right, right? right and I think that actually taste is that missing link but if you imagine the spectrum of like beautiful on one end and works on the other like function like yeah. form and function right like great form is easy to accomplish mm-hmm. great function easy to accomplish but like figuring out how to make it both beautiful and yeah. work great I think that's super hard I think taste is like the missing ingredient mm-hmm. in like being able to merge those two together and understanding how they interact and when to make sacrifices on one end. Yeah. And it's even, I feel like even harder than that because you have to align the balance correctly between function and form, but then you have to do it at that balance maybe across all your products. Right. You have like a consistent, you know, um, balance of that. Yeah. Um, And also I think, uh, when you're working by yourself, let's say, and it helps to do things in series, or to do things that uh, show like multitude of things, like like a yeah, like a series or many things that work as like a common language, because it gives people like an idea of what your taste is. Because you kind of put down these like coordinates, yeah. and even if it's like different, you know, different book covers, um, if you show them all together, it sort of gives people a sense of where you're coming from or, or like your t- right. your taste. Yeah. yeah. Again, it goes back to kind of like the whole. Yeah, yeah. I think that's super important, and that's like something I only learned towards the end of my time at at school. Um, But it's like everything I want to make from here on out, at least like from a personal standpoint, I know I want to make it like, and I want to make a bunch of something like like the ceramics pottery thing. Like I want to make it into like a series. Like I guess that one, it's like sort of naturally falls into that category yeah uh, you know it's not like i want to make one giant painting it's like i want to make lots of paintings that sort of are in the same series i feel like that is the only way especially if you're working by yourself that you can show people like what you're like the language that you're trying to speak in yeah Yeah. have a have a game Uh uh-huh i'm gonna say something and then you just have to say the first thing Uh that comes to mind Uh oh yeah okay favorite color red that's not true. Wait, hold on. I just said red. That's not even true. I have to say that's not, that was just the first color that came to my mind. I was more focused on like how fast I need to respond. Okay, well, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, no, you're right. That's actually better. It's all about it's all about speed. Okay. 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 <laughs> color. Blue. 
That's not true either. I'm sorry. Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. you know, okay, wait. Can I go by? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I went on this date once, uh-huh. and um, she was a de- designer, too. Okay. And she, we had this conversation that later on she was like, I really liked when you said this. <laughs> <laughs> and the conversation was like, she, we were talking about, like, somehow that came up, like, what's your favorite color or something? Okay. And I was like, I don't believe in favorite colors. I think you need to have a favorite combination of colors. <laughs> Like, I can't pick a single color. Like, you need to give me two colors. Such a sophistication yeah. and taste. <laughs> okay. If she asked me, I would have been like, red, blue. <laughs> Immediate. All of them. Okay. We'll try it one more time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> color. Gray. Food. Nengmyeon. Shape. A circle. Sound of the day. <laughs> Perfect. That was, that was just the last piece I needed. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> do you well, feel like you have everything? Yeah. Thanks, Dan, for talking. I feel like I didn't say anything that I actually thought I was going to say. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which is so weird. In a good way or a bad way? Uh, Like, neither. I don't know. Yeah. Just neutral. You don't have any social media, so I can't plug you in any way. Nope. Don't do it. Don't do it. You can plug my email address. <laughs> <laughs> You also have you like can a plug my, my address, your like address. My email address. One twenty. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Yeah. Any concluding concluding thoughts? Concluding thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I'm just glad that you're doing this. I think it's awesome. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is definitely staying in the episode. <laughs> I just think it's cool. Like, you just need to do stuff. Like, too many people are worried about, like, oh, like, if I started Pockets, like, how will I, like, get a celebrity on there? Like, yeah. how will I do this or whatever? And it's just, like, just do it and then figure it out later. You know? Yeah. That's the only answer, like, ever to doing anything like this, I think. Yeah. You just got to start. It. One of the major blocks is, like, you think you, like, you want it to be perfect. Yeah. And then it, it, and it just can't be. Just can't be. But can't it can be, be just, like, the best thing that you can make. And then... And your mom will love it. <laughs> <laughs> your mom will love it. <laughs>